the footsteps of Jesus from down under. Welcome to the program. I'm very happy to be with you today and please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. 
That was a beautiful song with uh, Jennifer Lamontaine, Jesus is Coming. This is in the footsteps of Jesus. And uh, we are going to hear the second part of uh, a beautiful story with uh, Tanya. Because Tanya is away right now. She's in Melbourne. We are trying to establish a connection with her. And uh, you'll be able to hear uh, the second part of her story. Hi, Tanya. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Tanya, last time we ran out of time and we promised to our listeners that uh, we'll come back and have uh, you uh, again on this uh, on this uh, program. And here we are over the phone, um, you from Melbourne, and we're recording here in uh, Adelaide the second part of uh, your story. Tanya, in the previous program, you start to share with us uh, how you grew up in a little town, uh, Lee Creek in South Australia, as a little girl, uh, being interested to know God uh, more. You were um, attending church sometime. Uh, even your family, they were not interested in, in church. Uh, I remember that you said uh, your mom being an atheist, your mm. father not uh, being interested in church um, that much either. But uh, you have a desire to know God uh, more. And as a little girl, you you're happy to go to church. Uh, you even share with us that uh, you want to become a nun, that you may be with God. Is that yes. uh, how I remember? I, how I remember correctly? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Tanya, we learn from your story that uh, how God intervened in your life personally and your family. Uh, you shared with us quite a bit about how you got involved with, um, you know many things not so healthy, you know, like drinking, smoking, drugs, and so on. And later on, your mom uh, come across with a book, and reading through that book, she she started to question herself, and she became a Christian. And at that point, uh, obviously, you left the church, you didn't attend church anymore. You're kind of like uh, confused when your mom starts to have this sort of inquiries about God. And I'd like you to just share a little bit more with us uh, how you you grow into get to know Jesus. I will just give it to you, the mic now, and please just share with us uh, furthermore your story. Okay. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, and as you're talking about my journey and... So mum had started sharing with me a great controversy and other uh, books written by Ellen White and Health Message uh, by Ministry of Healing. And those books were really uh, starting to show me the truth and show me my error. But um, also, I remember one time sitting down because I started reading the Bible stories to my little kids and my babies when they were little. And I remember reading through Luke and just going through the story where Jesus died on the cross and and it it really struck me what Jesus did for me. For, you know, um, that he forgave me for my sins and he took that and his blood was shed for me and I think that was a really crucial turning point for me, the recognition of what Christ did for me and that he could forgive me for all the all the horrible, wicked things that I had done and that there was hope for me and that there was a purpose. Yeah, so that, that's when I guess I started reading more and more and sharing with my children and um, we started, you know, keeping the Sabbath, Saturday as a Sabbath. And then my husband sort of, through all of this 
uh, there's lots of challenges because he wasn't a Christian and he he went into depression uh, and that caused us lots of problems. But I just kept praying and hoping that uh, we could get through all of the, the, the troubles we're going through. I was trying not to be pushy and show it, like, you know, trying to show him the love of Jesus, but I probably was a bit pushy at times. And we separated for six months and Jesus got us through that and he came back, as I said before. In that time frame, though, while he was out for six months, I worked for myself. I'm an electrician. And I had my contractor's license and I started learning about tithes. I remember reading about it in the Bible. So I was like, well, God, who do I pay tithes to? I don't even go to, I don't even go to church. And then God just showed me that I was to pay tithes to the Adventist church. So I rang up and organised that I could start paying that through BPay. So that's what I did. And I didn't realise that that was a crucial link that led to our baptism. And um, well, I started paying tyres and a bit later down the track, uh, Mum and I were still just doing our thing, keeping the Sabbath and studying together. But one day there was a knock on the door and there was a, an Adventist pastor knocking on my door, Pastor Eric, and he was heading north to visit some friends, some people in Maori, north of us. So he thought he would call in and see us on his way if there was anything we needed. And um, he went and see my mum and caught up with her. For the next little while, Pastor Eric just used to pop in whenever he was travelling north or coming back south again. And then, then we had some other pastors come through as well. I went to a, an evangelism program that was at Marie that Don Philberg done. And I was on um, Daniel and Revelations. And... That was really amazing, helping understand what was going on and understanding the Bible more. And I found out later that the reason that uh, Pastor Eric actually knocked on our door was because the he'd asked the conference if there was anyone else he needed to see on his travels up north. And they said, well, there's some people in Lake Creek, they're paying tires and they buy books and things from us, but we don't know anything about them. So could you please check on them? So um, that's how Pastor Eric came into our life, and he's the one that actually led my mum and myself and my son to uh, baptism. And so then we started studying with him, and he was pretty happy with what we already knew and understood because of all the studies we had previously been doing. And at this time, you you start to be connected to to a group, to a church, uh, yeah. because uh, as we learn uh, in the previous program, for quite a while you study the Bible, you, your mom, uh, you start to keep Sabbath, even if in your area there was not a church, like a Sabbath keeping church, and uh, so on. But uh, God is wonderful, and He sends to you a messenger. To yeah. guide you further. <laughs> yeah, that well, was Pastor Eric. First, yeah, the first messenger with the letter, uh, the free book to my mum's door, and then the second messenger to the baptism. Mm, and, that's and wonderful. We had, lot, we had lots of Adventists come to our door. It was quite, we didn't, never knew one Adventist, and then all of a sudden we had lots of people popping in and on their trips north and south and um, Coming to stay with us, we had some guy come past who installed dish, uh, the satellite dishes so we could get all the God channels. And yeah, it was amazing to see all of a sudden there was this community of people that we were involved with that we never knew anything about before. And we didn't seek them, God brought them. That's, and, that's very yeah. good. So yeah, we were baptized about uh, four and a half years ago now. That's been an interesting journey ever since then. We've 
my husband and I said he moved back in and we've continued, I've continued praying about our marriage and I've continued um, growing from the lessons that God has showed me with that my marriage as well. We went on a mission trip six months after I was baptised over to the Solomons. I felt really impressed to go mm. on a mission trip and and the whole family, we all went. My husband said it was a good trip for him because it helped him to understand more about what I believed. And it was just a, it was a really good growing time for our family, especially for my husband and I because we had quite a, I loved my husband and I um, never stopped loving him, but we had, we didn't have the best relationship. And so at that point it was, it was a growing point for us. Mm. And that uh, you you now start to experience a purpose in your life, and was that influencing the whole family? I mean, as you said, your husband, your children, and uh, you are starting to experience how God takes care of everything in your life. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Mm. They were saying yeah, every time, every time there was a hard time with my husband, I would pray about it and ask God to lead and show me how to deal with it and God always showed the answers and just encouraged me and then I started meeting people all over the place or wherever we went God would have divine appointments um, I met a lady at Geelong Church and then a couple of years later we both were at the health retreat together and we realised we'd met each other for 15 minutes two years prior and then next thing we were spending two weeks together we didn't even know so we ended up becoming really good friends from that time sharing and encouraging each other and um, they're doing amazing work too for the Lord. Yeah, that's wonderful to, you know, to have this feeling that you are you are belonging to, to a family. Uh, of course, uh, when we ask God to take control of our life, He's the first one to be our leader, our shepherd, our uh, whatever you want to say. But yet to know that you have a family, a church, who's uh, caring and who's sharing their journey yeah. also with you. Look, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll come back to this a little bit more uh, as we go through, through this uh, program. Yeah, just uh, share with me, as you went to, to Solomon Islands, you said, yes? Yeah. What was the impact of being a kind of involved in a mission work? Well, it was amazing. We... Um It was a 22-hour boat ride from Honiara to Catrastelli, which is the village that we went to. And it wasn't a flash boat. It was um, an Adra boat, um, mm -hmm. which was, it was a good boat, but it wasn't anything super flash. So we all had to sleep on deck. Um, we did, I didn't know anyone there except for my family. Was not that, that was, was not one of those five stars? Uh, cruising boat, eh? <laughs> no, it was not a five-star cruising boat. It was a lot of seasickness. I have that experience. Sorry to interrupt you there. I have an experience because I've been myself in Kiribati a few years ago and the same, uh, sleeping on the deck on a small little cargo uh, boat. And, oh, man, I can I can uh, understand you. Yeah, I'll yeah. let you just keep going. <laughs> it was an awful, awful but wonderful experience. My children were still in nappies. Like, that was pull-ups, I should say, not nappies at night time because they were still wedding and they were four, five and eleven. Mm. And um, and the first night on the boat, my my daughter, because I couldn't get to the pull-ups because they all went below deck before I had a chance to grab them out, 
And so she ended up doing a wee during the middle of the night and she was laying next to me. So the next thing I was covered in her wee and I'm trying to clean it up because there's people sleeping around us and I ended up having to wear my husband's shorts because all my clothes were all wet. And, and I remember then getting changed in the toilet and the toilet was so small and dingy and stinky that made me... And then I was vomiting over the edge because I was so sick from the toilet smell and... Well, this was just the first night over there, um, but we we made it the next day about lunchtime into the village and um, this really beautiful, pristine village right on the edge of the sea and they had a reef right in front of it and we had to canoe across the reef into the village and they didn't have any electricity there. The water is from the mountains and they only have taps out on the beach. They don't have any running water to any of the houses, so all the washing and everything, all the showers, it was all down, down by the beach. And it was freezing cold water. And we ended up, we put a roof on the church over there. They'd been building this church for 13 years. Every block that was in the village, that like every block for the roof, I mean, every block for the church was made in the village. And they had to canoe the sand in, they had to canoe the bags of cement in, had to mix it all by hand. Um, it was just an amazing effort to get to the stage it was at, but they couldn't. They didn't have the um, they didn't have the skills or the engineering to do the roof itself mm. and and the materials. So that's what we we went across to help with. And my husband loved it over there. He he absolutely loved it, and he was so scared to go there in the first place. And he said that after three days, he said, "I'm looking forward to the next one." And he made some good friends over there and um, just a different lifestyle altogether, completely different. It was an amazing eye-opener. And do you, do you, did you feel like uh, being part of uh, God's work? Because remember, we are uh, talking on this program about in the footsteps of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, now, you've been uh, so happy to get to know Jesus more and more, but you felt that, um, how to say, responsibility to share with others. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Share with me how uh, how you grow into this experience and also further m- down the track. Uh, down the track. Well, it's, I guess it's, it, you know, you want to share with people and it's difficult because most people, especially in our Western society, they, you know, they have the money, they have the affluence. People were really not interested a lot often to know about God. There's, there's lots of walls and there's lots of barriers. And I know that I, um, my circle of friendship changed from, I never got invited to the usual shows anymore because I didn't drink anymore and all those sorts of things. Um, different people at different times would ask different, you know, ask questions. Well, you just show them the the sympathy and love that someone needed at a, you know at particular times. You just be a friend to somebody in need. Um, earlier this year, actually, we went to Melbourne and did literature evangelism in the streets of Melbourne, and I ended up um, talking with a couple of homeless people. And I remember one of the homeless guys I talked with. I, I spent every day with him. I shared my lunch with him, and I got to know him, and I got to understand a little bit more. Just a snippet of what it was like to live on the streets and how he got there and and that was really good. I said to him at one point, do you, 
you know, yeah, homeless people, there's quite a few around. Do you actually hang out together? And he said, no, we don't. And it was such a lonely, lonely time that I know this, this guy was grateful and he thanked me for sitting with him and sharing with him. And another guy I came across and he had a um, cancer on his face, a huge cancer on his face, and he was really angry and really upset. And he was walking up the street yelling and swearing and carrying on. And, and I just prayed, I said, oh, God, please keep us safe and him because I was just worried. What if this guy's on drugs? Because there's, there's always that potential. And um, but as he walked past, I just felt really impressed to go over and talk to him. And I walked up to him and I said, oh, mate, are you all right? And I said, I know that's a stupid question because you're obviously not all right. And he's busy taking cigarette butts out of the bin. And, and he started talking to me and telling me how he just had some bad news because he'd been to the hospital and they couldn't help him or with the results that he was supposed to have, they couldn't find them or things. And he's huge cancer. And he said, everyone thinks that everyone on the street's an alcoholic or a drug addict, but we're not. So anyway, he walked off. I said, sorry for upsetting you. And he went, but God impressed me again to go and talk to this man some more to follow him. So I followed him up the street and he's sitting down. Well, I ended up talking to him for nearly two hours and he told me his whole life story and... Mm. He had a really tragic story and, you know, he had some good parts and we laughed and I cried with him. And one of these things he said to me afterwards was, hey, thank you for listening to me. I couldn't do anything else for him at that particular point in time, but he was grateful that I could stop and listen to him. And he said he told me some things that he'd never told anyone before. Yeah, and that's exactly what Jesus would have done. And, and, and I felt privileged that he would even talk to me. Mm. And I knew that you know, there was cross that led me. It wasn't something that the guy, you know, it was, most people walk past and most people are scared. And, and you know, at first I was like, oh, God, this guy's really angry. Keep me safe. And then God said, okay, now you can go and follow him. <laughs> go and talk to him. And uh, it was a blessing to be able to spend time with him. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, now, also with your experience, you know, as you said, you've been in the Solomon Islands, but... We can be uh, helpful. We can be used in uh, God's ministry here where we live. Surrounding us, there are lots of needs. And yeah. do you think that you can be involved more with the people um, who are uh, experiencing things like drugs, alcohol, on the street? I mean, lots of things which you used to experience in your uh, uh, early, you know, age. And uh, do, do you feel like a call in this direction? What's your, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, I think there's been a few things. I've always, because of the health side of it, I've um, been learning a lot about, I've been on health. And so I've been learning about the program called CHIP, and another, which is complete, complete Health Improvement Program. Uh, I think that's what. Um, and then I've done CHEP, which is a community health education presenter. And I've also done depression and recovery training. So that's lots of helping people with depression and anxiety. And I think with all of those sorts of things tied in with uh, what, what I would like to get up and running once my house gets built is to be able to run some programs from home and to be able to out into the local community to you know, run talking demonstrations and things like that to help people to understand what food and how it impacts us, give demonstrations, but also helping people with depression because there's so much 
so many reasons why people take drugs and drink, and I think that by um, by being through those things and and knowing the, the knowing what Christ has done for me and how He's transformed my life, to be able to he- help other people through some really simple things, I think at this stage is what God's calling me to do, mm. um, a- because I can re- resonate with people. That's very good because you know uh, freely freely we receive and freely we should give. Yeah. You know, it's wonderful. And, um, Tanya, time is again uh, going so quick. We have maybe two, two, three minutes the most to, to just uh, wrap it up a little bit your story and, uh, to share with our listeners to your church family. What is your vision? What is your dream about, uh, this movement, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in which you are, uh, uh involved? To reach out to people to show them the, the truth um, about what Christ is about and what he's done for us and what he's still doing for us and that time is short and that we we need to make the most of every opportunity that we can and that we we can be, you know, for those that are already walking in the footsteps of Christ, we are witnesses for Christ and that in everything we do and every action that we take in our in our grocery shopping, in the way we talk to people in the street, the way we are in our own homes, it's to our husbands and our wives. And I know my witnessing to my husband, he's starting to read his Bible. And if I was an unfaithful witness, then he wouldn't be starting to read. And I just think that we, we need to listen to God's calling and to go where he wants to send us and, and be willing, even if it doesn't seem... Like it's what we want to do, but Christ knows what's best for us. And to take that leap of faith, and it is a leap of faith. There's so many things that we have to just let go of, but know that Christ has got us because there, you know, there are always bad things that we got to let go of. We don't let go of good things. You know, if we can spread the good news and the gospel and win souls for Jesus, that's our mission. Amen. Oh, that's that's very very true, uh, uh, Tanya, and uh, I'm so glad, so happy that um, you find your place in God's ministry. I wish you all the best. You are now for how long you'll be in Melbourne, uh, help it there at the the health retreat. Uh, probably two or three weeks. Okay, that's enjoy uh, about the time there. I, I've been around that place. I haven't been to the retreat, but I've been in Melbourne in that area, and it's a bu- beautiful place, isn't it? It is a beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah. Say hello to to your family, uh, especially to Greta, which I met before, and to uh, your children and your husband too. And uh, yeah, when you come to Adelaide again, please just contact us and. Um, We'll be able to talk a little bit more about uh, about God's plan with each one of us. Amen. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Tanya, that you were able to catch up with us a little bit uh, over the phone. All the best. God's thank blessings. You. Thank you for your time. Okay, thank, thank you. you for inviting me. Okay, no worries. Take care. Next time with uh, great pleasure. Thank you for tuning in with us. Until we meet again, remember to always follow in the footsteps of Jesus. If you'd like to contact us, don't hesitate to call us on 0401 
305-077 or email us on eoncreta at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com.